0: Let's open the sacred scriptures this morning to the book Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter 1. We'll begin reading at verse 12 there and read into chapter 2 through verse 7. Our text this morning is verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. This is the Shulamite woman speaking. While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breasts. And now Solomon speaks here and through verse 2 of chapter 2. My beloved is unto me as a cluster of campfire in the vineyards of Engedi. Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. Yea, pleasant also. Our bed is green. The beams of our house are cedar <coughs> and our rafters of fir. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And Now the Shulamite woman responds, As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love till he please. Read God's word to that point this morning. The text is verses 1 and 2. These are the words of Solomon and the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore in Solomon, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys, as the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Beloved of God, First Kings 4, verse 32, tells us that Solomon wrote 1,005 songs. In chapter 1, verse 1 of Song of Solomon tells us that this song, the song of Solomon, is the chief among those 1,005. The song of songs, 1 verse 1 says, which is Solomon's. The song of songs. The reason why this book, this song, is the chief among them all is because the Holy Spirit inspired this song to point us to the love and devotion of Christ for his bride, the church, and her responsive love and devotion back to him in the covenant of grace. The song is a poetic description of the heartfelt love, first, between Solomon and the Shulamite woman. But then, because God's covenant is pictured as a marriage in the scriptures, and because the Lord Jesus says the Old Testament testifies of me, this love poem between Solomon and the Shulamite is taken up to a higher plane as a picture of the covenant and the love that Christ has for his bride, the church, and the love she has for him. The book begins with a monologue as the Shulamite woman reflects on Solomon's interest in her. And then toward the end of chapter 1, it turns from a monologue into a dialogue between the two, where they exchange their commendations of each other. And that's where we picked up the reading this morning at the end of chapter 1. Now they're going back and forth describing what is adorable about each other to each other. And in our text, at the beginning of chapter 2, Solomon, or the Lord Christ, is the one who who is speaking. He first describes himself to the Shulamite woman in verse 1, I am the rose of Sharon and I am the lily of the valleys. And then in verse 2, he speaks of what he sees in her that is adorable. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Verse 1, where the Lord speaks of Himself, is going to play an important role in this sermon. Second point, and the third point, especially. But our focus, first of all, as we come to the table of the Lord this morning, is on verse 2 and the description that Christ gives of His church You are to me as a lily among thorns. We'll notice first this morning that identification. Second, the reason for it. And third, the condescension required that we might be such as a lily among thorns. The identification, the reason, and the condescension. In the Bible, the church is compared to many different things she's compared to a bride, she's compared to a house a building, a temple. Here, the Lord Jesus compares the church to a flower, a lily. Why does Jesus compare His church to a lily? Well, the first thing that stands out about a lily is how strikingly white it is. And white, as you know, is a picture of purity. In the scriptures. It's still a picture of purity today. This is why a bride wears white to her wedding, a sign of her purity as she gives herself to her husband. In the supper of the Lord, as this is granted to you by Jesus Christ Himself, the Lord Christ declares about His church that she is white in His sight, pure before him. Lily white legally. No spot. No brown. Pure white. Righteousness. He sees no sin in her from a legal point of view. My bride, he says, you are sinless before me. Spotless before me. How different that is from the bride's estimation of herself. Earlier In chapter 1, before we picked up the reading, the bride says about herself, not that she is white, but she says about herself, I am black. 1 verse 5. I am black. I see my own sin. And the bride here comes to the table of the Lord. That way too, doesn't she? You don't come proclaiming to Jesus Christ, well, yes, I am white, Lord Jesus. I am utterly, utterly righteous. It's no wonder you want me at this table. There's no spot in me. I am perfectly pure and sinless. Now, out of a week of self-examination, you see, I see my blackness. I see the sins of my own nature and of my own flesh. And yet, the Lord Christ says, but this is what I see. I see white. Lily white. Righteousness. No sin legally. Secondly, a lily... is known for its beauty, isn't it? The Lord Jesus made that point about the lily in Matthew 6, 28 and 29. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. The lily is beautiful, it's glorious, more glorious than Solomon in all of his pomp in his kingdom. And the Lord Christ says to his church, his bride, you're beautiful to me. You're lily pretty. The qualities that I see, the combination of them are pleasing to me. Beautiful. And he says that to his church this morning, beloved, no matter how closely he looks at her, Legally what he sees is absolutely beautiful. Some things, you know, are only beautiful from a distance. If you get close enough up to them, they're not really as beautiful as you thought they were when you looked at them from a distance. If you go down and look at the exhibits in art prize this year, there's a, a painting of a flower. In the old Pantland Hotel lobby in the Amway Grand. And it's absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. There's actually a number of them. One of them is pure white. If you stand back about 10 feet, even seven feet, it's absolutely stunning. But if you get up right up close to it, it doesn't look as pretty as it does from 10 feet out. And a lot of the beautiful things that man produces are like that, aren't they? When you look at them from a distance, they're stunning and beautiful. But when you get up very, very, very close, you can see this is man-made. There's a lack of the, of the complexity that makes this beautiful like the things God creates under such a close examination. But it's not the case, beloved, that when Christ declares about His church that she's beautiful in His sight, that it's because He's simply looking at her from a distance. He's in heaven, after all, and we're down here, so He can't really examine us that closely. And that's why He says His church is beautiful. If He would get a closer view, He'd see all of the blemishes. That's not the point. But even under a divine and microscopic examination, He says of her, she's beautiful. With a God-created beauty. That's not what you proclaim about yourself as you come to the table of the Lord this morning. You don't come and say, well, of course. Of course, Christ, you must think I'm beautiful. I put myself under an examination in this past week. That's what I found too. Absolutely beautiful. I am lovely. Of course you want me at this table for fellowship with you. I'm marvelous. But you say with the Shulamite woman in 1 verse 6, my own vineyard I have not kept. I'm disheveled in many ways before You, Lord. Spiritually. I haven't kept myself spiritually as I ought. There are sins in my life that I bring to you this morning repentant, concerning, despising. And I see the ugliness that's in myself due to those sins. And yet Christ says, you are beautiful. You're lovely. And even if I examine you for a thousand years from a legal point of view, you're lovely. And my sight is a beautiful, beautiful flower. The lily. as a lily among the thorns. A lily, of course, is going to stand out for its pure whiteness and for its beauty almost anywhere that you would see it, but against the backdrop of thorn bushes, it stands out all the more. There's a reason why that art prize exhibit, that painting, downtown is set against a black cloth. Its whiteness of that flower stands out so beautiful. As a lily among the thorns, the church's whiteness stands out against the backdrop of the brown of this age. The beauty against the backdrop of the ugliness of brown cracking thorn bushes. In other words, Christ is declaring this about his church. Not because he's thinking of her only as she's going to be in heaven one day. But he's declaring this about his church as she is in the midst of this world. In the midst of the thorn bushes of this present age. As she is here upon the earth, she, as a lily, she is as a lily and stands out before Him for being this white and beautiful in His sight. That's how Christ views the present age as it exists outside of Himself. Brown, dark in its sin. He sees this world under the curse of Jehovah God. Aren't thorns always... A picture of the curse, Genesis 3. Cursed be the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Not having value before him. Job says, if I have sinned, then let thorns grow in my field instead of wheat. Because thorns don't have any value liable to be burned in the end. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 6 For as the crackling of thorns burned under a pot so is the laughter of a fool. They're burned up in the end. And yet in the midst of this he sees one striking beautiful lily growing. Can you picture that in your mind, children? Think of a a field full of thorn bushes, sagebrush, all dried up. And yet, in the middle of that field, there's one tall, strikingly beautiful lily growing. That's his church. Stunningly beautiful to him. And the particularity of it, beloved, is part of what makes it so marvelous, isn't it? Isn't it the fact that Solomon says this about this woman? Not about every single woman on the earth. You are as a lily among thorns. You among the daughters. And so too about his church, the company of the elect from every time and every place, he says, you stand out. You are like a lily before me when I look and gaze over this whole world. Separated out. And you, congregation, as a part of that, separated out unto me in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, I see you lily white and lily beautiful. How can he possibly say this about us this morning? Knowing ourselves as we know ourselves, coming out of a week of self-examination and seeing our own ugliness and our own sins. The answer, beloved, is not because of anything in ourselves, by nature in ourselves. We are thorn bushes as any other. But it's first because he has set his love upon his church. As the lily among thorns, so is my love. So is the object of my love among the daughters. The ultimate explanation is because he has determined to set his love upon his church. That's what makes her this lily. His love is not merely an emotion, but it's a power. And a power that creates even can create a lily out of a thorn bush. His love isn't like ours. We're on the lookout for ones who are already lilies, right? Young people, when you look out for a future spouse, you're look out, looking out for someone who, who is like a lily to you, who, who stands out to you. Already, And then you set your love upon them. But the Lord Jesus Christ and his love is different. He sets his love upon one who isn't like this. And then he transforms by the power of his love from a thorn bush to a lily. He declares this one and these, my church, are going to be. And are legally lilies among thorns. And then his love goes about to make it be that as he has determined by sharing his own whiteness and his own beauty with his church. And now we have to notice that in verse 1, Christ says about himself, I am the lily of the valley. And in verse 2, he says about the bride that she is as a lily in the valley. Christ is the, she is as. He is white, he is righteous, he is beautiful, lovely in himself. She is white, righteous, beautiful, lovely only because she is as him. The Lord Jesus Christ, beloved, in His humanity, that's what this lily whiteness is a picture of. With respect to Him, His humanity and His holy, perfect humanity is the lily in the midst of this world. He alone is inherently righteous in Himself and lived that way upon this earth, growing up in the thorn bushes of this world. From a little baby to an adult man, lily white, absolutely lovely, beautiful, and righteous. In Him alone, among all the race of men, was a man in whom there was no spot, no darkness, no crinkly brown edges. He alone is beautiful in every sense of the word, spiritually, in His own nature. And no matter how closely you examine Him, you never find any unrighteousness, any ugliness. In him. You could take a whole week and instead of having self examination, a whole week, every moment of every day, a week of Christ examination and find no fault in him. The lily of the valleys. Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these lilies. The Lord Jesus Christ himself said, and he said that because he knew. That the lily pointed not to Solomon but to himself only he could fit that description as the true lily, the greater than Solomon, white and beautiful. You see yourself as by nature a thorn bush this morning, black, not white. And the Lord Christ says to you, I am the white one, I am the lily, and I alone. Can make you as me, white and beautiful in the sight of God, and I do. To do that, he has to be more than just the lily white in his humanity, however. Notice that Christ also says about himself in verse 1 I am the rose of Sharon in addition to being the lily of the valley. And notice that that then when he goes to speak about his church, he makes a coordination between the lily part, but not about the rose part. I am the Rose of Sharon, and I am the lily of the valley, and you, you are as a lily of the valley. With that, you share something with me because I share that with you, but there's something about me that I don't share with you, that I can't, that I won't. I am as the rose of Sharon. That's for me and for me alone. The rose is often called the chief or the king of all flowers. And for good reason. It's a picture of both strength and beauty. There's a reason why dignitaries, princes, kings have always had roses around them associated with them. Because the rose is a representation of uniqueness, of strength, of dignity. There's a reason why, still today, the White House has a rose garden. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ, beloved, is the dignitary, the majestic one, in a category by Himself. This is a picture of His divinity that is unique to Him, and that he does not and cannot share with us. One of the ways that the Bible speaks of Christ in his unique divinity is by comparing him to the chiefest parts of different aspects of God's creation. And so among all the heavenly bodies, what does the Bible compare him to? To the chiefest, to the sun. He is the Son. Among the beasts of the field, What does the Bible compare him to? To the lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the chief, the uniquest, one and among the world of flowers. He is the rose. In a category all by itself. As the rose is in a category all by itself. Strength, beauty, and dignity. The chief among ten thousand. There's none like him. Not even his church can share this with him. And is it too much to point out? I don't think it is this morning. That the rose has thorns upon it? Because he is divine. He is able to take your thorns, thorn bushes as you are by nature, upon himself and bear them away, that he might give to you the lily whiteness and the lily beauty of his holy and lovely humanity, imputing it to you as though it was your very own. And in his great love, all the depths In his great love, he's willing to come down into the valley to make it so. How does he make us white as himself? How does he take our thorns upon himself so that we might be transformed after his image, lily white and lily lovely? I am the rose of Sharon. I am the lily of the valleys. Sharon is a plain that begins by the base of Mount Carmel and descends down south along the western coast of Palestine. It was a place in Israel where you would find wild roses and wild lilies among the thorn bushes growing there in that valley. And it was down from Mount Carmel It was down. He came down, beloved, into the valley of our world full of thorns spiritually in all of His own strength in all of His own dignity in all of His beautiful and holy humanity. And He lived amongst us from His birth to death. Such great contrast to what was around Him. He stood out in righteousness and in loveliness. And He bore our curse, pierced with our thorns upon Himself that He might bear away our transgressions. And now, as it were, as a husband might hide a bouquet of flowers behind his back and unveil them before his bride in this sacrament. He will unveil himself to you in the bread and the wine and all of his strength and all of his dignity and all of his white purity and all of his loveliness and beauty, beauty for you that you might be in his sight, lily white and lily beautiful. Come to the table, beloved, dependent solely upon him and be assured of his whiteness imputed and being imparted to you and find strength there to be who you are, a lily among the thorns. Amen. Father, bless thy word to our hearing, and now, unfurl before us, Father, the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the beauty and loveliness that is him, in Jesus' name, amen.